Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guy, girl, guest, or guru. And today's guest girl is a guru on sexual health, and she's one of my favorite people. We've been friends for a really long time. Uh, I want to welcome Leah to the show today. So welcome, Leah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. I remember going to a uh, training one time. It wasn't really a training. You know, one of those things where we all just get together. Oh, the retreat. The retreat. Yeah, sorry. And you did a training, and I had already known you for a really long time, but I didn't realize how into the sexual health education part you were, and I was really, really impressed, and I think you people should pay more attention to you. So I'm happy to have you, and I'm looking forward to delving into some of your sexual health knowledge. Thank you. I do really love talking to women about this. I think it's super interesting that, you know, we most of us get some sort of sex ed in school. Um, here in the South, I'm in the Bible Belt. Uh, it's not exactly the same as maybe it is around the country. It uh, is a little different. And it's strange and kind of, you know, um, it's kind of always been really weird that women aren't being taught about these really important parts of our body, especially vaginal health and, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about today, lubrication, because it's really vital not only to your overall health, your sexual health and to, you know, the longevity of how that body part is going to function for you, you know, whether you want to have intimacy or just even a comfortable pelvic exam. Um, And for some women that aren't having um, their own natural moisture, it's just working out, sitting down, walking, um, and they feel discomfort. So I think it's a great topic. Yeah, I remember I was telling somebody on another show that when I was in my 20s, late, well, no, early 30s, and I had just given birth to my youngest, who is now 21, I remember having dryness issues where um, it was just uncomfortable to walk. And I didn't have any education about lube, so literally just like spit on my hand and, you know, like lube up the vulva and, you know, go on a little until it was uncomfortable again. And then, and I was just like, this can't be normal or good. And of course now at my age and with the knowledge that I have now, I really wish I had known about it earlier um, because it was incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think the perception is that women that are older are the only women that should worry about vaginal health and vaginal moisture. And that's a misconception. So what I find is even young women, of course, are wanting to have more pleasurable intercourse. And they find from day to day that their vaginal moisture changes and the lubrication that their body creates can be different. So um, one of the things that uh, is really important is, of course, being hydrated, staying hydrated. So around here, you know, going to do college parties, for me, they'll get a whole fun night of drinking 
they'll have an inexperienced younger partner. So foreplay is kind of hit or miss. Um, their body isn't self-lubricating as it should during arousal. Um, the foreplay is lacking and therefore intercourse is uncomfortable, painful, not fun. And if they've been drinking all night and they're dehydrated, I always tell everybody, whatever gives you cotton mouth, it gives you cotton south. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I might steal that. It's a great one. Isn't that great? Yes. And cotton mouth can be anything. Okay. So if your states are legal, like if you're a smoker, cotton mouth is a thing. Um, allergies, antihistamines, taking an antihistamine, drying up your mucous membrane here is going to dry it up, of course, vaginally. Um, a lot of people that are on medication, even I've had people tell me birth control can kind of contribute yeah. to another lack of moisture issue. Any sort of illness, um, high blood pressure, menopause is a huge, huge vaginal yeah. dryness issue. Um, we could just tick down the list, but a lot of my customers, when I go in and do a workshop, they do have an illness-related intimacy issue, and typically it's from a cancer diagnosis or cancer treatment. So they've had radiation or chemotherapy. Um, chemotherapy, of course, is a drying agent. So they're having a lot of problems with mouth sores. If you know anybody that's ever had chemo, that's one of their biggest yeah. things is their moisture in their mouth. Well, women are losing vaginal moisture and then they're having really painful intercourse. Right. Um, you know, and sometimes that can be even after treatment. So there's a huge host of there's a big population because when you think about menopause, that's a hundred percent of us. Right. Like, if you live long enough, a hundred percent of us are going to go through menopause. Yep. Yeah. There's no getting out. Of, there's no getting out of life without doing that unless you. Yeah, it should be death, taxes, and menopause. <laughs> exactly. No escaping it. Yeah, at my parties, they say heart and blood pressure medications, birth control pills, antidepressants, ugly partner, <laughs> like all of those ugly things partner. Can, that can all <laughs> cause vaginal dryness. Through that. You're just pissed at your partner, also going to have trouble. Um, you did mention something about college, and I had done a party with a college girl once, and she had had sex for the first time, and she didn't like it. She didn't think she wanted to do it again. And so I had asked her a little bit more, uh, you know, about how it happened. And statistically speaking, um, I read 40. I think it's 43% of women enter college as virgins. And by the end of their uh, freshman year, it's down to 22%. And a lot of them are just quote unquote, getting rid of it. Like they're just doing it because they don't want to be a virgin anymore. And so then there is no arousal. There is no lubrication. There is no anything. And of course they haven't been educated on lube and it's uncomfortable and they hate it. Uh, and that's what had happened with this girl. And so I was like, well, first of all, next time, make it be what somebody you want it to be with and use lube. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, that's one of those things that women feel like there should be some friction, you know, and friction can be kind of fun. However, friction can turn painful as well. And so if you don't start with lubricant and you have to apply it during, that's fine. That's normal, right? Like that's just part of the way we're built. Um, I think for most women, they don't understand there's two types of vaginal lubricant. There's the lubricant we create daily, um, fluid from the cervix, the Bartholin's glands. So if you don't have daily moisture, those are the people that are walking, working out, sitting, vaginal atrophy, lots of issue. But then there's, of course, all of that lubrication that occurs during arousal. 
So during foreplay, um, your body gets excited, blood flow, you know, reaches the area, your body creates lubricant and it becomes more comfortable to have sex. There's actually something that happens to your body. Um, it's called vaginal tinting and your body actually starts to expand and then you're ready to have some fun and meet the penis, right? right. <laughs> and if you don't, if you skip all of that part, or if you're, you have stress or anxiety, you know, even for women that have had trauma, you know, that mentally they're, they're blocking all of this out. And so using an artificial lubricant, um, like a water-based an oil-based or a silicone-based lubricant is totally, totally fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no stigma. And if you have a partner that says, Hey, I don't feel like you should have to use lubricant. Do I not turn you on? That's on them. Like right. find a, find a new dude. Yeah. That's a conversation I've had uh, lots of times. It, and it doesn't help that there uh, are certain women who will shame other women for needing lubricant. Um, the, that one pro ultimate fighter chick had once come out publicly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, if you need lubricant, your guy isn't doing his job. And I was like, Bitch, there's a lot of jobs I want my guy to do, but to worry about whether or not he's making me wet is not one of them. And if he can You're, control any of my bodily functions, I'd like him to control the one where I sneeze and pee all the time. Like, fix that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, I'd like to take a time machine and talk to you when you're in your 50s and let's have this conversation all over again. Right. Or if you're on heart and blood pressure medications, birth control pills, antidepressants, yeah. you know, there's Absolutely. so many things. And I'm like, I'm glad your lubrication is great, but thanks for judging every other woman and making well, everybody know, else feel less. It's so funny because it's the same conversation when women don't need clitoral stimulation and they can have orgasm vaginally only. It's like 80% of the country needs clitoral stimulation and the other 20% of you, we want to punch you in the face. Right. right? Like, <laughs> Shut your face. Each their own. Exactly. Well, and then I tell uh, at my comedy shows, my stand-up comedy sex ed shows, and in my talk, um, I address that there's percentages. So if you say 80% of women need this, that means 20% don't. And that's not that small of a number. So if you're talking about 20% of the female population, you're still talking about millions and millions of women. Mm -hmm. And so for somebody to say, yeah, but it's only 20% and it, or, you know, with lubricant, 72% say adding a good water-based lubricant to their natural moisture increases their pleasure. Well, that means 23% don't. So fine, there's millions of women, but 72% do. So let's not make them feel bad about it. We literally right. outnumber you. <laughs> yeah. I've never really felt like it's a bragging point to say right. super duper lubricated. When somebody does that at a party, I'm like, go get a towel and hush. Like, because <laughs> they will, sometimes they say it. Like, oh, I don't need lube. I'm like, the Niagara Falls. And I'm like, great. Don't care. Well, and I think, you know, I think the thing is, we are naturally lubricated. And a lot of women, they don't want to use artificial lubricant. They don't want to add anything in. Um, I'm very, very specific about the products that I use um, on my body. And especially vaginally because that's rapidly entering your bloodstream. Um, so one of the things I will say is just look for those quality ingredients. And if, if you're somebody who just wants to use coconut oil, fractionated coconut oil is actually a fantastic lubricant. It's been used for ages. Um, I actually use that during pregnancy for perineal massage. 
Um, I have very large birth weight babies, so I wanted to make sure that I, you know, possibly didn't have to have an episiotomy. And you can use coconut oil for massage, for perineal massage, and for intercourse, for lubricant. And it's a great product. I do want to clarify because what you said is fractionated coconut oil, and that makes a big difference. Uh, fractionated coconut oil, for those who are not aware, it means they've taken the solids out of it and it stays liquid at room temperature. You can buy something that says fractionated coconut oil on it, or you can just go get MCT oil. It's literally the exact same thing. And if you're the kind of person who's doing bulletproof coffee, that oil that you're putting in your coffee is the same thing you can use as a lubricant. But any coconut oil that is solid at room temperature, I tend, I, I tell people, yeah, it's going to warm with body temperature, but if you're using a toy, the toy is not going to be body temperature and it is going to clog the pores of the toy making yeah, it more absolutely. difficult to clean it. So if you're yeah. going with MCT oil, it's liquid and it's not going to get solid at room temperature. So I like that you, you brought that one up because we did mention, you did, the three types of lubricants that we most frequently talk about, which are water-based, oil-based, and silicone. And so let's cover some of the areas where each of those would be the most appropriate. Yeah, so water-based is what initially almost everybody buys. It mimics your body's natural lubrication. Uh, it's pH balanced. Um, it is unscented. it should be. <laughs> or you can buy it flavored. Um, I tell women, here's the thing. If you're sensitive, if you can't use fragrance perfume, if you can't use laundry detergent that has a fragrance, you have to use the all pure and clear, all that stuff, then you never use a lubricant with a flavor or a scent. You should stick to the unscented. And um, I find that my clients actually all have partners. There must be some big, huge group of men that are sensitive to fragrance as well, because you have to think of your partner, it's touching his body as well. So just going with a pH balanced, water-based, fragrance-free, unscented lubricant is usually what women start with. So all ages, 18 to 100, right? Yeah. Anybody having a little bit of fun. And it could be used with a toy. It could be used with a penis. It could be used during self-stimulation. Um, water-based is really great for anything. In fact, many studies show that people actually do have pleasurable anal play with water-based lubricant, believe it or not, when we've all been told to use a silicone product. Right. So water-based is really everybody's go-to. Um, here's when it's not a go-to, is when you have to reapply often. If you say it becomes sticky, then I know for sure your body isn't creating enough moisture to keep the water-based lubricant wet. So right. the majority of women would like sex to feel wet, okay? So if that isn't working for you and you're struggling with dryness, then I always tell my clients they've been promoted and they can now go to the oil or silicone line. <laughs> right. So for the uh, water-based, I have no problems plugging my favorite. It is called Just Like Me. It is odorless, colorless, flavorless, tasteless, pH balanced, non-staining, rewetting, FDA cleared, gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, and latex-free. <laughs> Woohoo! And when I do that at parties, everybody's like, oh my God, how long did it take you to learn that? And I'm like, well, I've been doing this 13 years, so I've been adding things on a little bit as we go. But I can, I can tell you, I have a funny story about it, is um, about when I was 48 years old, so like three years ago, I was doing parties and I was talking to a lot of women about menopause and they were talking about vaginal dryness. And I was just thinking to myself, I don't have that problem at all. Like I seem to be getting wetter as I get older. 
you know, what's going on? So one day I'm making our bed because we make our bed every morning and we usually do it together. But if I sleep in, he had gone to work and I'm making the bed and I pulled everything up on his side and I look and on the other side of this huge stack of comic books, there's a bottle of just like me. And I'm like, what the fuck? This guy has been lying to me about masturbating. Why does he have lube over here? So I pick it up and I look and I'm like, and why is it half empty? Right? So I call him and I'm like, why is there a half empty bottle of just like me on your side of the bed? And he goes, well, because we use it like every time we've been using it for like a year. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I guess the name is appropriate then because I had no idea that we were using lubricant. And that was, oh, he was just, he was, he was popping his own little, uh, yeah. Dab, little dabble do ya, and he, he wasn't sharing it with you. He didn't tell me. He's like, yeah, I got it out of your office. I thought you knew. And I'm like, why would I know? Wow, that's an extra perk. Look, he's pre-priming, ready to roll. Exactly. So a good water-based lubricant does not need to get in your way, and a, and a good one should not get in your way. It shouldn't feel like you have a lubricant. It should just feel like it's slippery. Um, I, right. like to, I call it the kiss method. Keep it slippery, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, I think you should add, uh, I have a couple uh, other little tips you can add on your little line items of what it is. I always tell everybody, zero calories, no points, Weight Watchers Girls, where you at, and it's kosher. <laughs> oh, that's going in. It's going in. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine how long it's going to take me to demo that product from now on. It's going to have <laughs> a, a laundry list longer than my arm. <laughs> it's product. I'm going to throw in kosher for sure. That's hysterical. Isn't that funny? Yeah. There is a conversation about using water-based lubes in the water. Well, the first thing I want to say about sex in the water is you should not do it. Like, I know it looks fun, but you're literally shoving water. Up. You're creating a douche. Right? Well, and I think people think in the water it is going to be wetter. Slippery. But it's like, it's like, it's like two water balloons. It's like, ee, 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 yeah. ee, ee, ee. and we well, sell waterproof lubricant like that works in the shower. So yeah, why not? right. It, a water-based lubricant, if you have it on a toy or on a penis, then when you put that toy or penis in the water, it is going to go in the water and now you no longer have lubricant. And so, um, and, and I, I tell people, just think about the body of water you're in. So if you're in a swimming pool, you're now putting chlorine up in your vagina. If you're in a hot tub, you're putting whatever they're using in that hot tub, plus all the body of all the people have already been in it. So it, yeah, I think it sounds like a great idea. And then when yeah. you, you know, finalize those plans, you realize it's not a great idea. Right. Um, before I forget, I did want to share another reason water-based is probably my favorite lubricant to share with women. Um, most people think of using lubricant during intercourse, right? Um, for my clientele that are going through menopause, um, another thing about menopause too that blows my mind every time I hear it is, did you know menopause is for one day only? Really? So, and anything before menopause is perimenopause. So when you start to have some fluctuations in your cycle, when you start to have breast pain, your hormones are flaring, uh, maybe you missed a couple of your periods. Well, when you have 12 months of no period, you're in perimenopause. After 12 months, there's one day and it's called menopause the next day after the 12 months. After that, you're post-menopausal. 
Oh, well, alrighty then. Menopause is actually a 24-hour period, which is wild. So you're either perimenopausal or postmenopausal. Right. But for women that are having the daily lack of moisture, you can actually use water-based lubricant as a daily moisturizer for your vagina, right? Exactly. You'd actually apply it at night before you go to bed, and then you would use it as a moisturizer, like you moisturize your face, you moisturize your skin. And this is critical for the overall health of the vagina. Right. So for um, your your body to maintain that uh, moisture so you can feel comfortable, you would put it on with gravity. Of course, it would fall out. So that's why I always tell my, my client, put it on at night. Mm-hmm. And when you lie down, you're going to have more of it absorb into your body. Yeah, that's great advice. And it's I mean, seriously, I wish I had had this much earlier in my life. Um, well, in the perfect world, you'd go to your doctor and they'd give you like a super cool vibrator and then a bottle of lubricant. If we lived in fantasy land. Yeah. At like 15, they would would come with a little pamphlet. Yeah. And then when you're 50, you get like a whole new bottle of like silicon. Right. Yeah. At 15, you get a little package. It's got a vibrator. It's got lubricant. It's got a little note from Ray Ray that says toys, not boys. (laughs) There's a little note that says, this is okay. You're allowed to have this. Right. That's why I want to have the conversation. That's why I do my talks. That's why I do my stand-up comedy. That's why I started this podcast. More conversations about- Absolutely. The more we talk about it, though, it's like Voldemort. He loses his power when you say his name. Like- That's and, right. So the Voldemort. <laughs> the Voldemort. That's classic. Well, I'll tell you, one of the defining moments in my career, I've had two really defining moments in my career. One was- uh, at a conference that I'll tell you about, but one was a college party and I had seen a girl, you know, you meet everybody, they kind of buy a few things and then you see them two or three times and they start getting more brave and they buy like vibrators and fun things. So like the first party, it's like, I'll buy a shaving cream, I'll buy a body oil, a lubricant. So I, I run into this girl, she's been to maybe three parties and she's very young, you're a teeny tiny little girl. Uh, she's probably 19. And she says, hey, I want to tell you thank you because I bought a lubricant at that very first party I met you at. And up until then, I thought sex was always going to be painful. My mom never told me about lubricant. My sister never told me about lubricant. I never used it. I didn't know. I thought it was for older women. And I'm telling you now that I have this, I know that I can have relationships. She's like, I wasn't seeing people the second time. I wasn't going on a second date. I wasn't calling anybody back because it did not feel good to me. Right. So one little purchase of just like me, a water-based lubricant, you know, not only changed just her physical uh, feeling about intercourse, but mentally, like imagine she's not calling some guy back and the guy's like, well, what happened? Right. He has no clue. He's clueless. Right. I had a similar story. It was an older woman though. And she had called me up after the party and she said, you know, do you remember me? And I was like, uh, remind me a little bit. And she had... Um, and going through menopause and she was having the vaginal dryness and sex wasn't comfortable anymore. So she was avoiding sex and avoiding any intimacy related activity. So she didn't want to go on a date night. She didn't want to hold hands. She didn't want to snuggle on the couch because she thought it would lead to sex, which was hurting her. And so, you know, her marriage was in trouble. Her words, not mine. And so she said, so you sold me that just like me. And now I'm calling to order two more bottles <laughs> Cause I need one for my mom and one for my sister. And 
that's why it's so important to have the open, honest discussions, because when your sex life gets better, you can share that information with other people. You'd be like, you know, here's a lube. This is going to make it better. So that's actually in my, one of my talk stories. Cause it's such a good story. It was literally just a conversation about sex, just a party. And it made a difference. She goes, we're like teenagers now. We're chasing each other around the house. I'm like, that's nice. Oh, I love that. And don't you love when other women give the gift of better intimacy to another woman? Like that is the gift that keeps on giving because women feel so comfortable knowing someone else has discovered something. It works for them. Kind of like at a party um, and we played, you know, that have it, love it game and quiet women will be like, have it, love it. And the girls, you should see the look. They're like, the girl sitting next to her is like, what? Becky Sue from church has it, loves it. Right. And it, you know, it it, gives them permission. It does. It gives them permission to say, oh my gosh, the shyest woman I know is having this great connection and this great intimacy in her marriage and her relationship. And so maybe I should jump on this bandwagon. And so as women, I think it's our duty to share with other women what's working for us, right? Like I just actually purchased my very first diaphragm online. I decided since we were locked in. I was like, listen, I'm not having a COVID baby. I'm in my forties. <laughs> so I actually ordered a diaphragm on Amazon came in the mail. I've been telling all my friends about this. I'm like, listen, you're in your forties. You don't want to take a hormone. Let me tell you, they have them on Amazon. Right. I still use condoms. I tell everybody cause I don't care. I, I, you know, at some point I decided that my vagina was a national park service, carry in, carry out, no child left behind. <laughs> like, I just, That's so funny. I'm just not having it. <laughs> so, take it with you. Pack it yeah. when you go. Exactly. It's yours. You take it, take it off, release it into the wild, whatever. I still believe the reason women want to cuddle after sex is because we're cold because we had to get up and go. We're cold and wide awake because we had to go clean up. And so then we come back and go like, pee. So how was it for you? Was it in the... <laughs> So now with the condom, I have my orgasm. I roll over and fall asleep. He can go take care of the mess. He comes back. He's like, how was it for you? Shut up and sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good game plan to me. I know. So many people get weirded out that I, that that's still, you know, somebody's like, what about when you go through menopause? I'm like, not about the pregnancy. (laughs) It's about not having to deal with the mess. I'm sick to go through menopause so I can't get pregnant anymore. Bring it on. So second type of lubricant, uh, oil lubricants, which are also usually flavored, correct? Yeah, typically flavored unless we're talking about fractionated coconut oil. Right. So flavored lubricants, you know, those are fun. Those are like the red pair of shoes, Saturday night, super fun. Most people though, I'm going to be honest, they are not fans of them using them for intercourse. They're using them for oral sex, right? So oil-based can be great. However, they don't work with condoms. Right. Um, and, you know, it's not for everybody. So for a younger crowd I w- that is still using condoms or anybody, I, I just share, you know, a lot of people are using this for oral sex. They're flavored. It's fun. But for vaginal intercourse, I'm going to suggest a silicone or a water-based lubricant. I am the same way. I don't sell a lot of flavored lubricants because I basically just um, unless they're going to use them for a foreplay game. And I, I say they're for rubbing, licking, blowing, tasting, touching, smelling. They're foreplay. Um, even though they're safe to use vaginally, for my own personal sake, I don't want anything colored, flavored, or scented in my vagina. And so I don't really promote them 
as vag they are vaginal safe, but, but I don't promote it that way because I'm just trying to protect your hoo-hoo. <laughs> well, and the ones that are, you know, warming lubricants with friction, they're going to get hot. Yeah. Heat up. So typically the, the feedback I get from my client is they'll buy the oil base that are flavored for oral sex and then they'll buy a water base. And I think that's another misconception is you only need one lubricant. You can have multiple varieties of lubricant. People like different taste yep. textures, varieties. I would, I mean, I'm fine with my client buying all three types of lubrication. I think it's great to spice it up. Right. And you know, there's not just to lubricate your vagina. It's also to lubricate your mouth if you're doing an oral favor, uh, which is handy because, you know, like you said, cotton mouth, cotton south. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it just feels like it gets stuck in the back of your throat and you're like, get that. <laughs> what are you doing? So, yeah, it really enhances it. And the more, the more you're going to have fun and the, the, the taste is going to be better. Um, for me, you know, our, our oil-based lubricant that's flavored is called Sensations. I call it penis flavoring. And I tell everybody, if somebody offered you hot, sweaty penis or pineapple flavored penis, you're going to pick pineapple flavored penis. Exactly. What is my joke? Uh, penises don't taste good. If they did, Baskin Robbins would have 32 flavors. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then we could go in and have ourselves a large penis with no nuts whenever we want. <laughs> penis Sunday, he just brings the nuts. <laughs> exactly. That is one of my favorite jokes to tell. Anyway, so flavored lubricants, but like we said, uh, if they're oil-based, they're not going to be safe with a condom, so don't use them that way, but they are fun for all kinds of other things. That's and right. then the third type of lubricant is going to be our silicone lubricants. And as we kind of alluded to earlier, silicone lubricants good for marathon sex, if you're going to be having yeah, like longer, longer sessions of lovemaking, right. um, not needing to reapply um, multiple positions, multiple which... positions going now. This is uber slippery though. This is yeah. what the caveat is. You're not getting this off unless you have some warm soapy water at the end of this deal. So you have to be in for the, the, the slippery. So it's great for the hot tub. Like you said, not, not fun in the water, but they're going to do it. You know, they're going to do it anyway. So in right. the shower, um, anal play, silicone is just so good because it stays on the surface of the skin. And I know silicone gets a bad rap. Like people think immediately breast implants. Silicone does not actually absorb into your skin. It stays right on the surface. That's what makes it so slippery. I actually don't even demo it at my party. I talk about it because if I demo it at my party, it's on everyone's hands. Yeah. And not get it off. I mean, it's slick stuff. And for years, you know, it was the, well, it's only for anal play. It's only for waterproof play. Well, now I realize it's for women that don't create their own moisture. Right. So it's for women that have tons of vaginal dryness. So in a, in a perfect scenario for a woman that does need daily vaginal moisture plus lubrication for intercourse, she's going to buy a water-based for her daily and she's going to buy a silicone when she wants to have fun. So she's, right. she's going to buy two. I mean, and, and it's okay to use, multi, like we said, it's okay to use multiple types of lubricant. I have a bunch. Right. Me um, too. Yeah. <laughs> that I know it's of fine. now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine to have a bunch of them. There's nothing exactly. wrong with that. That's, I think it's a stigma to think that your partner isn't arousing you somehow. 
And sometimes it could be. Sometimes you could just be distracted, but you know what's going to stop you being distracted? <laughs> Penetration. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is what we do. And I'll worry about the laundry when I'm done. <laughs> That's right. We want to use pure pleasure most of the time in backdoor because like you said, it's super slippery, stays on the surface of the skin. A water-based lubricant is going to soak in and nobody wants a dry bottom. I don't, I, I'm that stupid movie Brokeback Mountain, when they used spit, it did not happen. At least not comfortably. <laughs> I was just thinking about that movie the other day. I think it was very naive, and I think it was controversial, and I didn't pay very much attention. And I was thinking the other day, I feel a little more open-minded at this point. You know how you hit 40 and you're like, yeah, everybody, this is yeah. who I am. So I was actually having a little moment the other day. I was like, I should rent that again. I would actually like to see the flirtatious intimacy part of their relationship again. Okay. I actually don't think I've ever seen it, but it's on my list of things to do. You someday. haven't seen it? No. Cause it came, when it came out, it was just, I don't remember, but I just had too much going on with, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of movies. I think when it came out, we weren't like streaming stuff from home. I think right. We no, we weren't that. for sure. Right. And you don't want to go to Blockbuster Video and pull it off the right. shelf. Right? Oh, I don't care. I don't care about that part. But you're right. Like it was, I think it was after Blockbuster, but before Netflix. I think there was, I think there's an area where we, we, we've missed some really good movies. Right. Especially about sexuality. What's the other one? The, the Kinsey Report. I haven't seen that one either. That's another one I want to go back. It's about I, the fluidity of sexuality. I did watch the um, Masters and Johnson on. Oh, uh, yes. What was I never Cinemax? finished it. I started it. I, I really, really liked that. I think either I didn't finish it or they just stopped making them. And I didn't really, unless I just missed like the last couple of episodes of the wrap up. But I really enjoyed what I learned from that one. And Sex Education on Netflix. I've learned so much from that show. And I haven't started that yet. I need to. It's really good. It's really good. And I love that it's, you know, the, this next generation, these, I swear to God, the, the 20 and under crowd or 21 and under crowd, they've got to be growing up the most well-educated group coming up. Like, cause they've got these great TV shows and, stuff where they're not afraid to talk about sex. I totally agree. So here in, in Georgia, our sex that is abstinence based. Yeah. And I not so much as grilled my son when he first came home, like in ninth grade and he was, you know, in sex ed and health. And I kind of chatted with him a bit, but not only was it abstinence based, uh, my, my, my favorite joke is what do you call parents who teach abstinence? Grandparents. <laughs> so um, I was raised Catholic, the Catholic, so lucky for me, sex will always be dirty, right? So I, I got <laughs> zero sex ed, zero. Yeah. I think my mom said at one point she got nervous and she was like, there's two holes. Like, I think she got nervous and we just glossed over a lot of it. <laughs> but my favorite thing was my son came home from school and we were, you know, talking about, it was that I knew I had to sign the form saying he could actually get, can you imagine not signing the form? And my whole perception is it's my job to teach him about sex, not really some, some rando teacher who's the health or PE teacher, gym teacher. Most. Right. 
And you know, if they're, if that health teacher, I actually know some health teachers that look forward to that part of the curriculum. Like they enjoy that part. And then there's other people that are obviously uncomfortable in a scenario where, yeah, they they make it uncomfortable and then they shift their discomfort to the, to the student body. Exactly. My son came home and I was kind of asking him a, a couple of questions. The one interesting observation was consent was a huge portion of our curriculum here in Georgia, which I thought was fantastic. Two thumbs up on that. So they talked a lot about consent. But then because we live in a Christian area, he said that the teacher shared his Christian viewpoints and my kids are in public schools. So um, no sex before marriage was talked about. Abstaining was talked about. Um, Being in a you know, in a marriage before, before having your course. Let me guess one man, one woman. Right. 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 (laughs) It blows my mind that that's what they're being taught. So I said, well, how do you feel? Like how, what are you, what are your thoughts? And he said, well, they started talking about, of course, menstruation, you know, even the boys are learning about the woman, the female body, which I think is fantastic. And mom, I'll tell you what, I raised my hand a couple of times and I realized nobody else was raising their hand. And he said, I know more about the female body than the girls I go to school with. Yeah. He said it with like disappointment. Like he realized at that moment that the women, that the date, the dating pool are not aware of their own bodies. Yeah. That's kind of why what we do is so important. And I think your boys are lucky and my girls are lucky. I remember telling my youngest you have all the proper information. You are not allowed to share it. But if you hear somebody say something wrong, you can correct them. And she's like, why can't I share it? And I'm like, because then everybody will call you that kid whose mom sells sex toys. So I want you to be safe and I want you to have the knowledge, but I don't want you to advertise it. But if you hear somebody say something wrong, feel free to correct them. So but every, every kid knew what I did, everybody. You know, right. it got through, I mean, once I started doing parties with their moms, you know, everybody, everybody knew, but I wanted, I know that my daughters are well-educated. I'm sure your sons are well-educated and that's really all we can hope for in the world. But it's really, really sad when I meet a woman who doesn't know the difference between her cervix and her clitoris. <laughs> well, or when someone says something like, "Where you know, an enhancement cream or an enhancement gel and I'll say, you know, it goes on the clitoris on the outside of your, your body. And she's like, so that's lubricant? I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, it's a pearl size amount. Like you need to also buy lubricant. So it's, it, it is an interesting conversation. I don't know where or why or how, I don't know if this is religion. I like, I don't understand who decided to rob us of this information and this pleasure the church years ago. Like I'm, yeah, but I just, it just boggles the mind that as human beings, you know, and especially I think the biggest audience missing out of course is the generation above us. My, my mother-in-law, my mother's generation is, um, I remember reading my mother's yearbook as a little girl and one of the signatures said, let the pills set you free. (laughs) And I loved it. Like, as, like, as a, I was like, this is great. Like they grew up with this freedom and this, this amazing, these amazing, like self-awareness and fluidity about sex. And now here we are. And these people are in their sixties and seventies and somehow they've all clammed up over this information. These people that went to Woodstock 
where are these hippy dippies? Because the ones I'm meeting yeah. are not very um, open-minded about sex in their 60s and 70s. I had a, a party once where everybody in the room was older than me. And so if I was 48 or something at the time, everybody in the room was between 55 and 70. And one of the ladies came out with a story about how her aunt, well, her husband's aunt was in a nursing home and she's 95 and she had a vaginal infection. So she had taken her to the OBGYN. Then the OBGYN said, are you having sex? And she's like, no, I'm 95. I don't have sex. And he says, well, you have this infection and I don't know where it would have come from. She goes, well, I only have sex with my toy. <laughs> and so he goes, well, do you clean your toy? And she's like, no, I never thought of that. And the doctor's like, okay, well, you can use your toy, but you have to clean it. Right. And the coolest thing was at that party, every single woman bought a toy and they bought the toy because somebody's 95 year old aunt had one. And of course they bought a toy cleaner because of the story. Yeah. But it was, it was weird. It was like when I first got in, I could tell every single one of them was just like, we don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. I don't know what this lady's going to do to us. And then the one lady tells a story and they were all were just like, okay, if a 95 year old can have a toy, why don't I have a toy? Right. She let the gate open. Like, it's okay, everybody. Right. Well, I love that story because my biggest group of clientele that has bladder control issues are women who are widowed or just not having vaginal intercourse and or orgasm. And so what I've learned throughout these, you know, 12 years of, of doing in-home parties and intimacy workshops is in order for your pelvic floor to maintain muscle control, you're going to need to orgasm or Kegel and using a vibrator actually creates lubrication. It creates moisture. It creates blood flow to those nerve endings. And as women age, they should absolutely have a vibrator if they don't have a partner and your body as an orgasm, it doesn't know the difference between a man or a toy or your own hand. It knows that the muscles are contracting, the blood flow is working, moisture is being sent to the area. And it is a classic, if you don't use it, you lose it. And then your bladder control and those pelvic floor muscles are actually really affected. So I don't think people put those two pieces of the puzzle together, that sex and orgasm results in better bladder control. I think it's because they've had six kids or they've had vaginal deliveries. Um, I know people have only adopted their children and have never had a pregnancy or childbirth and they have terrible bladder control. I have, I've had a 10 pound child, my oldest son, who's 19, he was a 10 pound baby. It doesn't mean that my bladder control is going to be worse off than someone else, right? It, it right. Really isn't. It's how you're kegeling and using that part of your body. I had a customer call me one time and she said she had just come from the OBGYN office and her OBGYN suggested she get a vaginal toy because she was starting to prolapse because she had had a baby four years earlier and then immediately got a divorce and she hadn't had penetration in four years. And her doctor said, well, you're, you're beginning to prolapse. You need to exercise those muscles and you need to use an internal toy. And so she just called me and I was like, well, I'm glad I could be a resource. It's, the first thing yeah, you think absolutely. of is me. That's <laughs> not a bad thing. But I yeah. actually had, um, I created a flyer for my, I, I created a trifold for my OBGYN and my midwife because I had a midwife for our last child. And 
this is another, again, moment in my career where I'm at the doctor's office and I'm sharing a little about what I, what I do for a living and that I teach sexuality at in-home parties. And my OBGYN said, I get at least one person a day asking me about low libido. What should I tell them? Oh, wow. And I was like, bro. And so I had actually done a little research and I found that a typical practitioner in OB environment delivering babies, like if that's their main income, they have 12 clinical hours of human sexuality. So they're just focused on the birth canal. Well, yeah, they're, and they're saving lives and women that get cervical cancer and they're delivering babies. They're, they're not, they're not set up for 45 year old women with bladder control issues that says that say they have no libido. That's what, that's what we're for. We're, we're the, we're the plan B when really it should be all of us working together. Yeah. Agreed. Um, another good reason to use lubricant. I was talking to someone recently. If you have too much friction uh, when you are making love or using a toy, you can cause little micro tears in your vagina. And each of those little micro tears become a little tiny dot of scar tissue. And over years and years and years and years near the, you know, you get older, you can start just having straight up vaginal desensitivity because you've got all those micro tears. So if you use your lubricant and you make sure you're properly lubricated throughout your whole life, you will have better sensation in your vagina as you get older. Yeah, hundred percent. The thing about sex is it's fun. And you know, you, you, if you have kids, you have 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're on the clock and you're, or you're young and there's a quickie and there's no foreplay. And so the thing is for younger women, especially if you've had alcohol, alcohol desensitizes your pain receptors, right? So a night of margaritas and everything feels great, but in the morning you get up to go pee and it stings. And guess what y'all? It should never sting. Like right. never. So buying a lubricant from somebody and using that, um, even our water-based, I tell the single girls, listen, put a pump in there before you go out. It, you're ready to roll. You're pre-primed ready to roll. And then when you do hook up and you're having some fun later, your body creates moisture. It re-wets. And then you, you're ready to go. So that's really, really important because as we age, we're not going to be as lubricated. That vaginal moisture is going to decrease absolutely with menopause or with medication, like we talked about. And then you are susceptible to scar tissue. You're susceptible to atrophy. Your pelvic exams are going to become painful. And then, you know, you're going to want to buy lubricant, a toy from somebody. Right. From somewhere. Should get from one of us. We're pretty cool. <laughs> I think so. Okay. So I'd like to end all my podcasts with I, a uh, trivia question. I have this game and it's called things they don't teach you in school. A crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. I like to bring these with me when I go to wineries with my husband, and we'll just start playing. And before long, everybody's playing along with us. But then I noticed there were a lot of sex questions, so I grabbed one. So what's on here? To what did Casanova treat his lovers in order to enhance their sex drive? I have no idea. It's chocolate. Ooh. Chocolate. 
So guys, the next time you want to enhance the sex drive, bring home chocolate. <laughs> I know vanilla is an aphrodisiac for men. Oh, is it? So if we get like a chocolate and vanilla ice cream swirl, then both of there us will be all set. Okay, so Leah, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Leah Kimball, K-I-M-B-E-L. Um, Pure Romance by Leah.com. I don't know. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. Cool. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. You can also go to my website, StandUpComedySexEd.com. And I've set up a Facebook group just for the podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and the other episodes. So search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast and like and share with your friends. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me, Leah. I think that people are going to love this episode. There's a lot of knowledge. And I will see you when I see you. I want to see you soon. All right. See you later. Bye-bye.